SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Yeah, it's time. Welcome in to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM Channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Over the course of today's show, we're going to break down late season NFL action with John Ryan at John Ryan Sports One uh, on Twitter. We're going to ask him how his NFL season is going. We're going to talk about how to handicap the home stretch of the NFL season, only three weeks remaining. In the regular season of this year, we're going to talk about must-win teams. We're going to talk about bottom feeders. We're going to talk about who John thinks has the potential to make a deep postseason run. We'll talk about the future book. We'll talk about the stats that matter. It is going to be a loaded NFL show for you today. But before we get into the hard details, before we get into the nitty-gritty of the NFL card for this week and how we're going to approach it, I do want to talk a little bit about Christmas. Merry Christmas to all of you out there. Happy holidays, etc., etc. Certainly that time of the year uh, here in Vegas uh, where (laughs) it's, you know, Christmas in Vegas doesn't necessarily feel very Christmassy. (laughs) Uh, It's not going to snow, but there's plenty of Christmas trees out there, and this town is packed uh, at this time of the year. But, you know, I did want to wish everybody A Merry Christmas out there. Take it easy over the course of the next couple of days. Of course, there's plenty of betting action. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, doesn't matter. Just about 365 days a year. Usually the day before and the day after the Major League Baseball All-Star break are real light. But other than that, you can find something to bet on. That's no different this year when it comes to Christmas time. But the lead story this week is COVID. Man, I hate to talk about COVID. I'm sick of talking about COVID. We're all sick of talking about COVID. Shoot, John Ryan had to go and get a COVID test this morning (laughs) before coming on the show. Uh, But that's the way it is right now. And COVID, the single biggest betting story here in the holiday season. Obviously, the NHL has already been shut down. College hoops, we had, what, a dozen games? Uh, More, 15 games uh, canceled uh, on Wednesday. And there will be more of that. The NFL rescheduled three games uh, last week, there are multiple teams still dealing with COVID outbreaks. College football, we just had a team cancel their bowl game uh, or their bowl appearance in terms of Texas A&M. They can't uh, go bowling. They're not going to be able to have enough healthy players. Obviously, COVID is a huge story right now. How do we deal with it? And this is something that's different between being a better and a tout. Look, I'm a tout. I sell plays for a living. You know, that's what uh, at least part uh, of how I earn my income uh, is through selling plays. I bet I do lots of media uh, and I sell plays. And when you're a tout, you got to have plays up early. That's just the nature of the game. Your clients want them. You can't give them something five minutes for a kickoff, five minutes for a tip off. Not enough time to get the play into people's hands. So what happens when you're a tout? You put up stuff early. That's the nature of what we do. However, when you have COVID outbreaks, Everywhere, you can't put up stuff early. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, I get the best of the number. I had an Eagles minus four ticket or whatever it was. Oops, that game got moved. Uh, oh, by the way, now they're minus 10. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, you can you can put good numbers in your pocket, uh, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to end up with winning wagers, and that may be the single biggest issue for touts. But for betters, and I know my listening audience out there, you guys aren't selling plays. <laughs> I appreciate my friends uh, who do what I do, who listen in. But the majority of you out there uh, aren't selling plays for a living. You're betters. And there's a huge difference between being a better in the COVID era and being a tout. When you're a better, you can take advantage of the line moves right up until kickoff. Look, if you had a Washington football team ticket, you know, could have found a plus 10. They existed. There weren't many of them, but they existed. The overreactions. Last week, look at the Ravens, who were nine-and-a-half-point home dogs to the Packers. And, yeah, Green Bay was up two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but Baltimore was in that game start to finish. And, no, the COVID wasn't just Lamar Jackson. They were missing half their offensive line. They were missing uh, their running backs, their receivers, their secondary. Obviously, a major outbreak in Baltimore. But even with the quote-unquote replacement players. It wasn't like the Ravens had a hard time in the ballgame, moving the football, and obviously ended up covering the spread with room to spare. Look what happened on Monday night. All right. On Monday night, we saw the Browns with a COVID-depleted roster going up against the Las Vegas Raiders. And at various points during the week, you could have laid three, three and a half with the Raiders. You could have taken three, three and a half, with the Raiders, it just depends on when you bet it. And if you're betting that right before kickoff, if you're taking advantage of all the information and waiting for the lines to move, nice ticket, nice winner on Cleveland. Just like you had a nice winner on Baltimore. Just like you got a, could have gotten a push with Washington. The markets certainly aren't shy about overreacting to these COVID absences. And one thing we do want to remember when it comes to NFL rosters, maybe more so than any other league. But in the NFL, yeah, they're not the stars, you know, the players who come in, but the backups and the third stringers, they're capable. And we've seen that a lot over the course of the last couple of weeks. We're probably going to see more of it in the next couple of weeks. So be aware when it comes to COVID, don't be afraid to take advantage of some of these betting marketplace moves and take advantage of them late. You know that late money can offer you some of the best value you can find on the betting board. John Ryan coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to Cover It with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM, channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. And I'm excited to bring in uh, our guest today, John Ryan at John Ryan Sports One uh, on Twitter. John, welcome back to the program. Really appreciate you taking the time on this busy Christmas week. Well, I appreciate being on the show, Teddy. And always thanks for uh, all the shout outs you've been giving me recently. It's greatly appreciated. Well, I got to say this. I'm going to give you one more shout-out right now. As we speak, as we speak, John Ryan is waiting for his COVID test results. Uh, he was like, 
texted me before the show. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, ah, settle down. We're sitting down. We're just, we can, you can do it, John. Uh, you know, it's not that long. You're sitting. You don't have to run around. You're at home. Uh, but John is absolutely under the weather right now. I really appreciate that despite the fact that you may or may not have COVID as we speak, uh, that you've taken the time uh, uh, to, uh, to join us. So uh, I hope you feel okay. Are you having any, do you have any symptoms? What's going on right now? Just uh, minor symptoms, sore throat. Uh, I had a slight cough this morning, but, you know, and it, normally, like five years ago, that I wouldn't have thought twice. But now that we have this epidemic again, it, you know, any little thing just makes your mind start. You know, it's like, it's like watching an NFL game, Teddy, and you have the favorite, and they're winning by uh, six, and they're six-and-a-half-point favorites, and you're watching and watching and watching that dog <laughs> go down the field and that's how that's kind of how I feel right now. I think. Well, I, I you know, so I, I had a I had a case of the flu a couple of weeks ago, and it's the same thing. I was like, it felt like the flu. I felt crappy for a couple of days, but in the meantime, you're taking a COVID test here, you're taking a COVID test there, just to be case, just to be safe. Um, whereas normally I'd have been like, okay, I got the flu. I'm going to lay down now. Uh, now you got to take COVID test. Nonetheless, John, I appreciate you uh, very much. Absolutely. On a week where it's hard to get guests. Uh, I appreciate you uh, coming through uh, like so many of these NFL players have come through. Yeah, they're sick, but they find a way to get on the field. Uh, and we're talking NFL uh, on today's show. I want to ask you, start let's start right here. How's your NFL season going? I know you've done real good with the totals bets, um, but how's your season overall? How's your December been? Uh, talk a little bit about how John Ryan's football is going as we approach well, the Christmas holiday. The season has kind of gone how I feel right now. Um, you know, it's last year I was uh, number one over sportsman with 65.8 against the spread. This year we're, uh, you know, four unit uh, bets, four percenter bets are right around 54%, which to me is just like, I can't remember the last time it was this bad, but, it, you know, we're, we're above water. But, um, you know, the totals have been outstanding. They're the ones that are saving the day, 19 and 9 for 68%. And then, of course, the 5 and 10 unit plays are, are actually hitting 80% combined NFL and college football. So if it wasn't for those, Teddy, you know, I'd be uh, scraping money to go get the, the COVID test. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, my, my NFL season has not been great. It would, I would call it mediocre at best. Uh, my big plays have done fairly well, but uh, the opinions have not. And a lot of that, uh, I think, has to do certainly in recent weeks, uh, with the COVID issue. I talked about that at the top of the show, and I know I'm going out of order right off the top, but I do want to ask you about COVID and how you're dealing. I mean, there's lots of guys missing all over the league. You're having games moved. You're having games uh, postponed. You're having to deal with, hey, is this guy going to play right up until before kickoff? There's a lot of issues right now handicapping across sports with COVID. So I'm just going to ask you right out, how are you dealing with it? What mistakes have you learned from? Uh, what do we do at this stage of the campaign when it comes to the COVID outbreaks in the NFL? How do we handicap it? How do we bet it? Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a great question, Teddy. And uh, I don't know if I really have a, like a methodology yet, but it, it's – you know, with the COVID, this time of year, we always have an injury list that is, is, you know, several pages long, if not, you know, dozens of pages long of athletes who are on the injured list. Uh, now that's magnified by the COVID being added to that list. 
to compared to last year, there's, you know, at least 50% more players injured because of this than other seasons. So I think the key is, and I'll use the Monday night game, uh, Washington was playing at the Eagles and the line went, you know, sky high. And, you know, when I learned that Nick Mullins was going to be quarterback, um, I actually got bullish on Washington. Uh, the only problem was I got nine and a half. Uh, but Nick Mullins is not a stiff. You know, he's been around um, eight seasons, uh, you know, eight different program uh, programs he's been involved with. He knows the system. He knows the NFL. And uh, I was really surprised. I was more uh, surprised by his performance. It, it, he outperformed what my expectations were. His accuracy was, I thought, off the charts great for somebody that hasn't played a game in quite a long time, and that's what I was kind of anticipating to happen. You know, they got out to the 10 nothing lead, but then it didn't quite work out. Uh, but yeah, especially that's at plus been nine kind and of half. my style. <laughs> yeah. Plus I mean, nine and a half, that's brutal. But nonetheless, if you look at Hunley for the Ravens, who rallied Baltimore to have back from a two-touchdown deficit against Green Bay, another line that, you know, you're, you're, you're looking at that line, you're going Green Bay minus nine and a half at Baltimore. Can Baltimore really be that big of a dog? Uh, and, of course, you know, Green Bay was in position to cover that spread for a minute or two. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, they were up by two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh, but, obviously, yep. the Ravens with two touchdowns back to make things interesting. Uh, look at the Raiders and the Browns on Monday night, as well as the uh, Washington football team on Tuesday against Philadelphia. And the Raiders end up uh, covering the closing – I'm sorry, the Browns end up covering the closing number uh, with uh, Vegas – three, three-and-a-half-point favorites. Do you think the markets are overreacting to this stuff? Because a lot, I mean, look, yeah, Lamar Jackson matters and Huntley is a good backup, but it's not just the quarterbacks who are affected by this. Washington had guys up and down the roster missing. Baltimore had guys up and down the roster missing. Um, is it uh, just as simple as wait for the best number you can get and take the team with the outbreak? Or is it get involved really early with a team that might have an outbreak <laughs> and, and get the best of the number beforehand? Um, I mean, what's the approach here, John? Well, I think that the key is um, like the, the Washington football team. And by the way, I think I have said several times on the shows that we do that they need a mascot. So I recommended the Iron Condors, which is actually a sophisticated option strategy I learned in my days on Wall Street. But they need, they need a name. You know, they don't have any identity right now. But anyway, defensive end Chase Young is out and been out for a long time. So now when you have a situation like that and several weeks go by and that defense started playing pretty darn well again uh, and then COVID hits it, um, you know, it, it's just hard to plug all those holes. You know, it's the infamous uh, holes in the dam and the dam's going to break at some point. Uh, so, you know, with an example like that, I think, it, you know, again, I get back to, uh, my 50% pre-flop bets. You know, I think that's even more important right now than anything. And I've been encouraging, um, you know, if you're unsure because of COVID, then don't bet the game. You know, sit there and, and enjoy it as entertainment. And um, sure, it won't be as exciting as if you have, you know, your your 100 bucks on the game, but it's a smart thing to do. Or reduce the size uh, because of the unknown. Because when you mix and match these players that haven't played together, then you, you have chemistry issues with the offensive line, knowing when that running back's going to hit the hole. And it, it becomes very difficult, I think. It's a big challenge for these teams right now. 
Yeah, I've been surprised at how well some teams have been able to cobble offensive lines together. And in fact, there's been a handful of bets that I've made going against some injury-riddled and or COVID-riddled offensive lines that have turned out to be, well, one of them worked out. I had the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football uh, because, uh, you know, the Chargers missing uh, their left tackle and going with the rookie. I thought that might be a problem, and it wasn't. Chargers scored 28 in that game. But uh, that being said, Chiefs ended up winning and covering. But that hasn't been the broader picture. <laughs> a lot of these times, the offensive lines have played better than expected. Much more with John Ryan coming up after the break. Coverage continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Stay on the grid all day, even when you're not tuned in, by following us on Twitter. At SportsGrid and at SportsGrid TV. You can follow me on Twitter at Teddy underscore covers. You can follow today's guest on Twitter at John Ryan Sports One. That's John Ryan Sports One on Twitter. John, I'm done talking about COVID for this show. So help me. I'm so sick of talking about COVID, but unfortunately, we have to do it. <laughs> that being said, let's get into the nuts and bolts of the home stretch of the NFL season. There's three weeks left in the NFL regular season. How do you approach the home stretch? Is it any different than at any other time for the campaign? Or is this kind of a different nuance to late season NFL? Well, I think first and foremost, you want to avoid, not necessarily fade, but you want to avoid the bad teams. Uh, even if they're you know, getting uh, 17 and a half or 18 points. Uh, I remember last year and, um, in the, in the circuit contest, the least favored team was the New York Jets. They were at home getting 14 and a half to the Seattle Seahawks. And if you remember, I think it was week 15, they actually won the game outright. And uh, that, that took a lot of people out of that circuit contest in a hurry. Uh, for that reason, I have a real hard time, you know, even thinking about backing a double-digit dog that has a losing record. Now, this year is a little bit different because we have some teams that are right at 500 that could be under 500. But I think this year we know who the bad teams are. And um, I think a team that I would avoid, like if uh, Detroit is playing this week and they are playing uh, at Atlanta, I would be real hesitant to to bet on Atlanta. Uh, Even though this line is five and a half, it kind of has, you know, there's – yeah, I smell smoke in the air, and when there's smoke, there's there's a gun somewhere. And Atlanta, I think, is vulnerable to Detroit winning again. And I never thought Detroit was a bad team, as winless as they were. They they were in so many games other than the Eagles game, and had chances to win in the fourth quarter and just didn't do it. Um, conversely, you know, the New York Jets are the most dysfunctional franchise I think in the history of man. The Giants, not far behind. Uh, so those are those three teams that I think would be – I just would not get myself involved if they're in that matchup. So Jets, Giants, and Falcons, one-way teams for you. You're not looking to play uh, these bottom feeders in late-season action. And, of course, you brought up the uh, game between the Seahawks and the Jets from last December right around this time. Seattle won that game 40-3. to 
against the bottom feeder. <laughs> and, you know, um, those games can and will happen at this stage of the campaign. And, of course, we've seen a lot of really bad teams play really poor football. You know, I mean, my list of bottom feeders is probably going to go like this. Jets, Jaguars, Texans, Panthers, Lions got to be on that list, even though they played better. Yeah. Giants and maybe the Bears. That'd be my bottom seven. And, of course, those teams went a combined 0-7 straight up, 0-7 against the spread two weeks ago. Last week, it was 2-5 and straight up, but two of those teams played each other, the Jags and the Texans. So you throw that game out. We're talking about one and four straight up, two and three ATS. So that's bottom feeders over the last two weeks when they don't play one another. One and 11 straight up, two and 10 ATS. You think that's going to continue over the back three weeks of the campaign? Because the Ozmakers doing a really—they're trying really hard to find to create some quote unquote value with some of these bad teams. Um, Do you expect more of the same? I mean, again, we're talking about. Two and ten ATS from bottom feeders over the last two weeks. Uh, more of the well, same. I, I think what you know, two and ten. Uh, it's unlikely that will be four and twenty, uh, but the, the trend will be more losers than winners. You know, it might go, um, you know, five and six on a given week, um, but over you know the rest of the year, I don't expect it to bounce back sharply. It's not a betting opportunity. You know, it's not the uh, the opportunity to buy something cheap. Uh, you're, you're basically buying something cheap because it's so bad that it is at a fire sale price. <laughs> and, um, you know, when you buy something like that, um, you're not going to be able to resell it for a profit. You know, I, I think that's the analogy. You know, games like, uh, conversely, like uh, Pittsburgh at Kansas City intrigues me this week. I haven't done the, the full breakdown on it, but my models um, are on Kansas City. But Pittsburgh is a desperate team. And uh, that's another thing I look for. Which team needs to win more? Uh, Kansas City's kind of cruising now. You know, there for a while, not, what, six weeks ago, geez, the Chiefs might not make the playoffs. Well, they, you know, they proved all those naysayers wrong. So they're kind of on autopilot, and they could be vulnerable to the Steelers uh, catching them, look, you know, just not, look, not looking ahead, but just not playing the game. Um, well, I mean, so KC I, is certainly uh, funny because – Two months ago, I, I was really enjoying calling them the last place Kansas City Chiefs on every show that I did because <laughs> we haven't been able to say it. The last place Chiefs are playing whoever. Uh, that's obviously not the case right now. They've gone from worst to first. They are now one of the favorites uh, to win uh, the Super Bowl. But uh, I want one more question with these bottom feeders, all right, because you talked a moment about the Lions and the Falcons. Uh, we obviously have the Jaguars playing the Jets this week. So we've got two th- Two legitimate, uh, I mean, you call Atlanta what they are. Uh, last week they were a playoff contender. This week we can call them a bottom feeder. But we have two legit you know, bottom feeder matchups for this weekend. Is your gut reaction to those games to take the points? It certainly worked last week if you took points with the Houston Texans. Or are those just games you don't trust a favorite, you don't trust a dog, you're not going to get involved? Uh, probably 80% of the time, say, I'm, I'm not going to get involved. Uh, bad teams do bad things, and... Sometimes bad teams allow backdoor covers, and it, you know when you lose with a bad team this time of year, it just it's not going to make you feel good. You know you're not going to sit there and say, "Boy, that was a great handicap I did on the Detroit Lions or the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Houston Texans." But darn, they they lost by the hook. 
Now that tells yeah, you that well, the market was perfectly efficient and they had it priced right. Does that but it, it, does it feel any better if you if you bet the Patriots against the Colts? <laughs> You're like, oh, I bet a good team and they stunk. <laughs> you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, it happens. You're absolutely right. Those are the games that I missed, and my handicap was bad. And um, I had Tampa Bay, for example, Sunday night as a four percenter. If you would have asked me uh, if that was going to be a shutout, I would have said, wait a minute, you are talking about the NFL, right? I would have thought that was, like, next to impossible. Um, yeah, I heard uh, well, what, I, from Ralph. Ralph I, I, the funny thing, actually told me uh, there was uh, four people at a casino that uh, bet – that there would be no touchdown in that game at 200 to one odds. So they apparently put five hours on because that's, you can't put much on it. And they, <laughs> they made a thousand dollars, but who would think that there'd be no touchdowns? <laughs> uh, obviously not many, but I, I was looking for data on Tom Brady off a shutout loss. And there wasn't much out there. <laughs> it had been 256 games uh, since Brady was a QB uh, in a shutout loss. At 16 games a year, that'd be uh, 16 years ago uh, for uh, Tom yeah. Brady Company. So it doesn't happen a lot. So your sample size is small on Tom Brady uh, off a shutout loss. You talked about the must-win games a minute ago, and I want to get back to that right here. You know, How should betters approach the teams that need wins to make the playoffs? There's an old handicapping mantra, you know, you're in a must-win situation because you weren't that good to begin with. And then when the betting markets say, oh, you must win, all of a sudden, now you're laying a premium. You're laying an extra price with a team that wasn't that good to begin with, and that would therefore would be a negative expectation wager. And yet, when you look at some of the database stuff, it's the teams that are pretty good but not great. Teams with a winning percentage above 50 but below 70 that are your biggest moneymakers in December NFL. Those are your bet-on teams based on all the D-base research I've seen. So what do we do with the must-win games? How do you approach them? Uh, teams that need wins to either make the playoffs and or to secure playoff positioning. Well, I think the location of uh, where the team's playing, I think, it's, I think it's, it, the home field advantage becomes even greater for those teams that are in desperation mode. You know the fans are going to be ready for the game. They're going to do their tailgating. They're going to be prepared. And... Uh, to go into a hostile environment like that uh, makes it tougher for the team that uh, may already be playoff bound. Um, you know, if the, the game between Pittsburgh and Kansas City was reversed, where Pittsburgh was at home, I'd have a real interest then on Pittsburgh, and the line would probably, you know, they'd probably be a three and a half point dog, but that's not the case. But you, if you get that home dog of three and a half to, uh, say, six and a half points, um, those, those are the things I look forward I look for in, on the cards. Another thing I do, uh, Teddy, is I take the preseason Westgate uh, lines that are put out for all 18 weeks, all before the season, and that gives me a benchmark. So it's very similar to some of the trading I did, you know, Wall Street and still do. And now we compare the, the current price, what the market has done, and how they adjusted the teams, you know, by – Sometimes the lines are, are moving by six or seven points. And I found that going against that market move uh, has proved to be very successful ATS. So that would have made my 55% this year a little bit better. Yeah, I'm not, I mean, again, when you talk about betting 
getting the true best of the number, which means going against the market move, whether it's public money, whether it's wise guy money, if you get the best of the number, game in, game out, you're going to make a profit betting on sports, even if you know the, the closing line value isn't there. If you're getting good numbers, you will cash plenty of tickets. Much more with John Ryan coming up after the break. We're talking future book. I'm going to ask him who's going to be in the AFC and NFC championship game. We're going to talk about stats, and maybe we'll get a chance to break some games down for the weekend. Stay tuned. Cover it continues after this brief message. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Cover it with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM, the channel 159, the Sports Grid Radio Network. I'm telling you guys, we're on your TV, your radio, your phone. Just go to Twitter and give us a follow at Sports Grid and at SportsBid TV. Stay on the grid wherever you go. John Ryan is our guest today. We're talking NFL. And John, I'm not going to ask you who's going to win the Super Bowl, but I do want your final four. The top two in each conference. Who's going to play in the AFC Championship game? Who's going to play in the NFC Championship game? Give me four teams that you think have a good postseason future ahead of them. Great question. Um, And these are future bets that will be coming up too. Tampa Bay versus the Rams. Uh, Patriots and the Colts. But honestly, Teddy, it's probably going to be the Chiefs. But I think the Colts, if you're looking for value, they're the team that is the the one that I think has the best value in combination with another team to play for the championship. So I wouldn't disagree with that. Look, there's an old horse racing adage which says when the favorites are splitting money, look for a long shot. When you look at the AFC right now as a conference, all right, there's nobody who can't be beat. All right. There's no truly elite teams in the AFC. There's no Packers. There's no Bucks. There's no, uh, I mean, you can make a case to Arizona, LA, whoever you want to make. My power ratings are real clear. All right. The NFC elites are better than the AFC elites. So when we're talking about a conference right now, with legitimately 13 teams still alive to get in the postseason, where none of those teams are going to be unbeatable on their home field if they win the uh, number one seed, a middle-of-the-pack squad like an Indy that's playing their best football now certainly makes sense to this better. That being said, Colts aren't going to the Super Bowl. Come on, man. Really? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're, you're, you're right, Teddy. Um, I, you know what I find interesting, though, is that the Colts, I think, are going to chase down the Titans for the, the division title. The Titans are just, you know, ravished with injuries on both sides of the ball, and I don't see how they can you know, manage to get through the finish line without the Colts racing past them, no pun intended, of course. But the Colts are plus nine to 900 um, 
to be the outright winner of the conference. The Titans are 11 to one. And, and that kind of adds fuel to my fire that maybe the Colts as a divisional uh, futures bet right now uh, might be a good play. Well, let's I'm going to get into some of these other teams because uh, Tampa Bay, I, I mean, I've been calling Tampa Bay back to back all year. I've certainly been using Tampa Bay as my uh, one of my final four teams. Uh, and I haven't changed and I've been real consistent with the Bucks. And yet now I'm probably more worried about Tampa than any point during the season when you're talking about an offense that has lost a ton of skill position talent that may not come back this year and a defense that has injuries all throughout the secondary. You can pass on Tampa now in a way that you couldn't a month or two ago. How concerned are you about the Bucks' current injury situation and then moving forward? Well, it's certainly concerning, Teddy, but, you know, at the end of the day, if you look at uh, Brady's history, this time of year in the playoffs especially, it's a transition to, you know, the the power game. They do a lot more running. Uh, Gronkowski will be a bigger a bigger part of it, and hopefully he can stay healthy during the, the playoff run. And, uh, the, you know, the Buccaneers' defense then, with, uh, you know, presuming that these Buck offensive drives are going to be longer time-consuming ones that we've seen so many times in the past uh, with Brady at the helm, it's going to keep the defense off the field and fresh. And I think that's one thing that uh, that offsets the loss of Godwin, and that was just a you know horrible way to lose him for the rest of the season, needless to say. Uh, and you can't replace him. Uh, so, yeah, I think it makes a difference. But then, again, I come back to Brady. You know, there's so many years that Brady went into the playoffs. And, I mean, did he ever have the arsenal of weapons that he now enjoys the last two years? Probably no, but never. that arsenal's not healthy. Right. So he has the experience of being able to take no-name people. Um, that Maybe we will learn of a, a, another superstar like we did out of uh, New England, where they, the announcer would say, yeah, so-and-so, uh, eighth-round draft pick from uh, whatever school. <laughs> you know, and the guy's performing. He's doing his job, and, you know, I think that's what the Bucks do. And you can't underestimate Aaron's in the playoff either. I mean, the, the guy, you know, is a home dog. I, I think he's lost one time as a home dog. Uh, so if that would ever come up, and the only time that could come up possibly would be the Packers, but if the Packers are in it that far, they're probably the number one seed. Um, yes. But the Rams, you can't underestimate them. Um, I don't trust the Cowboys um, at all. And there's too many inconsistencies I see in the in the film. Uh, you know, the offense did great last week, but before that, I mean, they were you know, like a an old car that had the wheels starting to fall off. And uh, that defense is pretty tired. And what would that defense be without Michael Parsons? I mean, is that guy unreal? You know, he's he's doing things that no rookie has ever done. Well, Diggs has done pretty good for Dallas, too. And every quote from the Cowboys, uh, when you read them post-game, they're always talking about how good this defense is. I think Dallas could be live to do something in the postseason. I think Arizona's still live to do something in the postseason. We'll see what they look like on Christmas Day against Andy. Huge game for both of those teams. You, you talked about the Patriots as one of your final four would you be worried if they lost at home to Buffalo this week? Because Buffalo is the team all of a sudden that, you know, the, the markets were high on the bills and now they're kind of crashing on the bills. Uh, what do we think of Buffalo, New England uh, for Sunday? And then, you know, as the, the two teams, uh, as you look at them in the postseason. 
And it's a great matchup. And we talked about it earlier in the show with the, the Bills are the more desperate team here in this matchup. Of course, the Patriots want to still keep playing for that number one seed. Um, but the Bills are the more desperate team at this point, and they need to win a, a heck of a lot more than the Patriots do. Not saying the Patriots are just going to let them you know, win. Uh, but if the Bills win, then that gives you a, a really, probably a really good price to get on the Patriots. Uh, they're not going to be plus 400 if they lose at home. Um, yeah, you go Chiefs, uh, I think at what, two to one? Patriots, four to one. Bills are plus 450. And then it jumps to twice that amount to the Colts at plus nine uh, to one. So I, I don't think, I think they'll just interchange. The Patriots will still be the third. Highest favorite if they lose at home, uh, but I don't think the market's going to get really out of hand and and misprice the Patriots because the money will come. They know money will come in on them if it moves to even plus seven to one. Yeah, and of course John's quoting some prices here. One thing I want to make very clear: of all the things that you have to shop around for, future book odds are number one on that list. Literally, one book will have one team at plus five hundred, and that you go next door the next sports book on the strip, and it'll be plus 1,000. And all you have to do is walk across the street to get twice the return on your bet. And that goes for multiple sports, multiple teams. Some books more aggressive with their future book pricing. Other books less aggressive or don't adjust as much with their future book pricing. And if there's one thing you got to shop around for, you know, I always say, you open one account, Take that money split in half and open two. If you're going to open two accounts, take all that money split in half and open four. You do that in part to take advantage of whatever future book wagers you want to make. Shopping around for future book numbers as important as anything that you're going to do. John, real quick, we only have uh, we have less than five minutes left, and I want to ask you for a free play, and I want to make sure I give you a chance to promote yourself, but. I do want to talk stats real quick, and I'm just going to ask you one question. What stats are useful when handicapping the NFL, and what stats are useless? Well, I I think uh, the useless ones are the the flash stats, as I call them, like um, scoring offense, uh, you know, points per game. It it really, that's exactly what it tells you. It doesn't tell you anything more than that. Uh, I love the stat yards per point. And at this time of the year, you have enough data, and that does reflect the efficiency of an offense. So yards per point, the closer, the lower the number, means that it takes fewer yards to put one point on the scoreboard. Conversely, defensively, you want a higher one, a higher uh, reading approaching 20 and above, which means that the opponent has to gain 20 yards to get one point on the board. And uh, I think that's an important stat. I also look at drives. Um, yeah, how how many? Uh, what's the average points per drive that a team gets? Uh, and this takes into consideration the the fact that you can have a turnover in a short field. And I found that to bring out a lot of good value this time of year, and especially the playoffs. And um, in the Super Bowls, I've been lucky as hell in the Super Bowls, Teddy, eighteen and five. It also tells you how old I am, but. <laughs> the most important measure in the Super Bowls that has produced the winner is average passing yards per game divided by average rushing attempts, not rushing yards. And I think we've all been, uh, we've heard, you know, 
talking heads always saying that, well, it's uh, defense wins and you got to have a nasty ground attack. Well, you just have to have enough ground attack to get it, the defense to respect it, uh, especially in a you know, one-game winner-take-all type of situation. But I think in the playoffs, once we get there, that measure becomes one of the most important ones that I look at, and by far, all season. Now, note what John Ryan didn't say in that answer. Total defense, <laughs> passing yards per game, no. The advanced metric stats, very meaningful in the NFL. The basic stats you're going to see on TV, not so meaningful for the NFL. We got two minutes, less than two minutes, John. Why don't you give us a free play for Sunday and promote yourself. Tell people where they can find you. Thanks, Teddy. Uh, we're going to look at the Rams versus Vikings game this week. Rams are on the road. It's a very important game for both teams. The Rams are actually, I believe, 30-1 to 1, uh, currently to be the number one seed. I know a lot of things have to happen for that to happen. But if you wanted a long shot, Teddy, I think the Rams, you know, put pizza money on it, might be a fun thing to do. Uh, that team is coming together, in my opinion. Uh, Minnesota seven and seven. They lose this game. They're they're essentially you know out of it. Um, Vikings got back into the final wild card spot by beating the Bears uh, Monday night, uh, and they got finally back to 500. Now, the Saints have um, the better conference record at five and four and five and five, uh, but I don't think either one of those teams is going to be a factor down the stretch. My Rams bet is a system and you know ralph michaels and i just love these little systems right so you're going to play on road teams in a game involving two excellent offensive teams that are averaging 375 or more yards per game in the second half of the season and are coming off a game outgaining their opposition by 100 or more total yards in that previous game that has gone 32 and who does he support this week john we're out of time my friend who do you like the rams the Rams minus the three the from John Ryan. You can find John Ryan at sportsmemo.com. And, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at John Ryan Sports one John, thank you so much, my friend. We'll have you on again. Enjoy your Sunday. Coverage continues after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We're here in the home stretch of Cover It with Teddy Covers here on SiriusXM. Channel 159. Be sure to check out the Sports Grid Radio Network throughout the holiday season. I'm going to give you guys a bettable opinion for the Sunday's NFL card, and I'm going to take a look at a road favorite. Not just a road favorite, a double-digit road favorite. That team would be the L.A. Chargers. And it's real simple, all right? We got a couple of systems come in to play for this one. In fact, you heard John Ryan referencing Ralph Michaels and his systems. Both of these come from Ralph, so I'll give him all the credit in the world. Let's start with this. All right. When you think about double-digit road favorites, it's not necessarily one of these betting subsets that's going to attract a lot of betting 
market attention. It attracts not a whole lot of wise guy support. And what happens when the wise guys don't tend to bet teams in this range? Real simple. It cashes winning bets because they're not getting inflated and they're not getting overvalued. And yes, these double-digit road favorites, not all year, but down the stretch, when it's a good team against a bad team, double-digit road favorites the last six years, rock-solid 62% ATS. Then you look at the other side of the equation. Here is the Houston Texans. They're coming off a win as an underdog of plus six or more. When you find a team off an underdog win, straight-up win at plus six or higher, and they're plus six and higher again the next week, how about 17-47 and 47 against the spread? It's really hard to bounce back with another upset win the week after you got the first one. So both factors come into play on one team here. We like the double-digit road chalk. We want to bet against the home dog coming off the straight-up win. And that would be take the Chargers minus the 10 in Houston. That's going to wrap it for Cover It this week. Enjoy the games. Good luck. We'll see you back here next weekend. You found it. The answer. The plan. The place to help you hear more of this. But we just call it the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network.